Welcome back to another episode of Hollywood Halt, the podcast. We're talking all things COVID-19 and how it's affecting the film and entertainment industry across the globe. Today, we have a very special guest. She's known for being one of the nicest and most approachable casting directors in the biz. Welcome, Daisy Hicks. Hi. I don't know who's been lying about me and saying all those lovely things, but I mean, I'm not going to complain about it, it. It's all true. It's all true. Ah, <laughs> oh, shucks. Oh, how, how are you coping during, during COVID-19? I'm, I mean, I'm coping. I'm, I'm surviving and trying to be thriving, I guess, would be my official stance on it. Um, I'm just, yeah, taking it one day at a time, uh, really just trying to allow myself to be present in each day and whatever that might bring up. So whether it's like spending two and a half hours on the phone to Centrelink or like enjoying a beautiful day and going for a nice walk in the park, um, whatever the day brings, I just allow myself to sit with it and just accept it for what it is and not try and force it to be anything positive. I can, I find that really exhausting. And like, there are so many memes going around at the moment. I'm a bit of a meme queen. Uh, and you know, there are so many memes going around that are like, you know, like everyone's going to be so productive and like, let's make art and like, let's do this. And like, we're going to be amazing on the other side of this. And it's like, yeah, but like, can I just have a day where I lay in bed and watch Netflix and order Uber Eats three times a day? Like, is is that cool? Can we do that? Like, I think stop that's forcing cool. me to be creative. Yeah, right. That's yeah. cool, right? Yeah, I think <laughs> the productivity thing is is okay. It's it's great that we've got the time, but I think it's also okay to to slob around in your pajamas for a couple of days, don't you think? Totally. Yeah. Mm. Washing machine hasn't been used in a couple of days. Let me tell you that much. <laughs> well, you did say before this uh, chat, Daisy, you did say that this has given you a reason to put some pants on. So that's a good thing, you know? I know. Yeah. You're welcome. And the listeners are, you know, it's, it's a shame that this isn't a, a visual podcast. I can't, I should have, yeah, should have, you know, put some makeup on and that sort of thing. But, yeah, let's not be too crazy. Look, that's no. the best part about radio. You don't need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Daisy, what is it like being a casting director during this time? I think some people think, you know, casting directors have a lot of power in the industry, but right now it's it's really different. And I think it kind of goes to show that casting directors are, are human beings right now. Um, so what is it actually yeah, like? Who knew we were human who beings, knew? right? Who, who knew? knew? I certainly didn't. Um, well, what's it like being a casting director right now? Pretty quiet. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, you know, I just keep saying to everybody I talk to, like, we're all in this together. And a couple of my friends, well, a lot of my friends are actors, and I had one of them kind of going, oh, you know, like, at least you've got your work to keep you busy. And blah. and I was like, what work are you talking about? Like, have I, am I, have I missed some emails? Like, because I've you know, I actually got off, I had a, I had to negotiate something this morning and I genuinely forgot where I'd put the deal. Like I was like, oh yeah, yeah. I'll send you those deal memos. And then I got off the phone and went, oh, where do I keep those? Like, where do I, how do I, oh yeah, no, that, that's where, that's where I keep them. And I just forgotten how to do my job. Like I'm not working. None of us, I think there might be one or two um, casting directors that have got projects that are kind of in pre-production that they can remotely cast, but it will get up to a point where you can only remotely cast so much and you do have to do your callbacks and you do have to do your chemistry tests. And it's very hard to do those on zoom or Skype or whatever, like, you know, so it's, it, it is very quiet to be a casting director right now. 
Yeah, when did you kind of first notice that this, hey, this COVID-19, it's not just going to be a week-long thing and it really is going to affect the industry across the world? When did you kind of get that light bulb moment? Um, Well, I am a generally anxious person by nature um, and I always kind of anticipate the worst so as to not dwell in disappointment too much, which my therapist tells me is unhealthy, but it's served me well this time around. <laughs> you sound um, like a creative. Uh, you do. <laughs> You're in the right industry, riddled with anxiety. Right? Right? Yeah. <laughs> Good to know. Um, we're all in this together. But um, I, it was probably like the last week of February, which was at the point where Australia didn't really have much sort of action in the Corona department. Like there were a couple of cases, no one was really taking it seriously. And I think that they'd temporarily shut a school in Sydney because there'd been like a, like a 16 year old kid whose mum was a nurse at a hospital and he'd contracted it and they shut the school down for like three days or something. I think that was the most that had happened. It was the end of February. And I, and I sat down with the the boys that I worked with and we kind of went, oh, you know, like shit, what's going to, oh, am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Sorry. Yeah. I'm allowed to swear. Oh, That's again. the best part about radio. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Thank God. Um, have that bleeper ready. Um, so, yeah, you know, like we were kind of like, oh, shit, you know, this is going to be, this this could be a real thing. And and I kind of was like, you know, being the, the younger person in the office was like, ah, like, you know, like it, it might not be that much of a thing. Like I think, because one of the guys in particular was like, this is going to be serious. Like the stock market's going to crash. This is going to happen. We're going to go into lockdown. And I was like, come on. Like that's, and, and, you know, and they, the guys kind of said, you know, you should really reconsider because I see a lot of um, theater and musical theater during the week. I can see up to, you know, four or five shows a week. Um, And the guys kind of said, you know, you should really rethink going to those shows. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. I love me some theater. I'm not going to do that. And, um, and then I think, uh, you know, this really exciting opportunity popped up for me and I was chatting with a friend who was in a show and a, a couple of my friends were in shows at the, at the time. And I said, yeah, I think I might take this, this exciting opportunity. Um, but I'm nervous if I take it, this coronavirus thing is going to get really serious and that opportunity will kind of disappear. And then I, you know, that could be very problematic um, and a lot of my friends were very much in the boat of like days, like you're being really anxious, babe. Like that's not going to be a problem. Like you're really overthinking it. And then a couple of my friends were like, yeah, but it's not going to last that long. Like, so, you know, like, it's not like the opportunity is going to completely go away or it might just be pushed back a little bit. And I was like, Oh, I don't know guys. Like, I think this might be actually really serious. And I'm a bit of a, um, a stickler. Like the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is look at the stock market. I don't understand what any of it means but I just know that red means bad, green means good. And um, I never thought about my day like that before. Is that even before the Corona thing you were doing that or just in the lead up to it? Before the Corona thing, like always looking at the American dollar, always looking at the pound, looking at the Dow Jones, looking at like blah, 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 blah. Um, But (laughs) doing, doing a bit of that. And so I was starting to notice stuff was really starting to go down. And of course, um, reading the news every morning and seeing what was happening overseas, especially Italy and Spain and, and Iran, of course, and, and kind of going, Oh shit. Like if that's happening over there, like I reckon it, it's going to get pretty serious here. And I really was trying to like say to a lot of my friends, like, Hey, like, 
don't want to freak you out or anything, but like, I think this could happen. Like, you know, Australia's not doing anything to shut its border. Like at the time it wasn't, they weren't, we weren't doing anything to shut our borders. And so the very long answer to your question is, I think I was a little bit ahead of the times, um, you know, so from that, from those conversations I was having with my friends about like, Hey, should I, should I do this thing within a week of me having that conversation? I think it was maybe just a little over a week, actually. Um, they put the ban on 500 people or more and all, all of my friends were sent home from their shows. Um, you know, then I think the following week, um, there was, I was supposed to go to an opening night at the Belvoir theater in Sydney and it had, it was canceled the, the day before. Um, and it, it just all happened really quickly. And, um, yeah, so I kind of did have this foresight where, you know, and we also had a couple of jobs on as well, like a, a casting a lot of commercials. I was working on, um, two theater productions, a musical and a, and a play and really quickly, like productions started being postponed or like fast for like fast tracked and getting stuff done really quickly. And then just, and then it just became cancel, 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 cancel. And so, yeah, I think I was, you know, in terms of, I think people my age, um, you know, people sort of in their early mid to late twenties, I think I was one of the, the very few of us that kind of went, this is going to be really serious. And I, kind of looked at things like, um, you know, putting extra money into my super, like consolidating my savings, um, looking like starting a conversation with my landlord. And this is before like the things like the, even before the job keeper thing and job seeker things were announced, like just kind of really jumping ahead. I just kind of, you know, as an anxious, I think the first time in my life, my anxiety has really come in handy. Yeah, I think some people don't realise that casting directors are quite similar to actors in that they each job is is a new job and you're not actually yeah. employed quite a lot of the time. Well, what I'm learning yeah. from this whole thing is yeah. that that's basically everyone in the industry, really. I mean, a lot yeah. of people that we've chatted to so far, everyone lives for that job-to-job basis, don't they? It's exactly right. I'm very lucky. I'm, I'm an employee. I was a full-time employee when the, when the Rona hit. Um, and it was, you know, I'd, I'd had that job for close to seven years, the same job for seven years. And so to be, you know, I, I wasn't necessarily stood down, but it was very much a, we love you. You're still employed, but we're shutting the office because there's no work. Um, what can we do to help you in terms of Centrelink and that sort of thing? It's, it's really scary. And, and I really do consider myself to be lucky in terms of our industry, like having that full-time employment for over 12 months. So I am eligible for certain things from Centrelink, but like there are so many people in our industry and, and I'm also realizing as well, there are so many people over here that are from, um, you know, different countries that have kind of moved over here and they might not be on the right kind of visas. So they've had to be sent back to their home countries or country of origin and, and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, of course, like sole traders and people who were working, you know, a Sydney theatre company contract for, for, you know, two months and then a Belvoir contract for however many months. And it's, it's, it's terrifying and heartbreaking and infuriating how badly the government has missed the entertainment industry. I think we're all kind of just sitting in the, we're all just kind of recoiling from how 
baffling it is that we've been overlooked so badly, but yeah. Do you know, I think it comes from this idea that the entertainment industry, a lot of people, most people are rich and most people are working and it's all very glamorous, but I don't think a lot of people realise that that's a very small percentage of the entertainment population that are actually working exactly all the time. Right. Yeah, you, you see in the media, you see the Hemsworths are building, you know, that beautiful house in Byron Bay and I think a mm. lot of people think, oh, why, why do actors or why do casting directors or directors need to be um, subsidised by the government in this time? Mm-hmm. But actually most of them... Um, are really not working a lot at all. And, you know, yeah. we, don't, we don't have the same kind of um, safety net that a lot of full-time employees have. So I think it's a really interesting point that's come up and it's great to see um, a lot of people in the industry really getting behind that and I'm seeing a lot of um, people on social media doing posting pictures from their work. Maybe maybe a lot mm-hmm. of people didn't realise a lot of those people were actors and directors and um, a lot of them rely totally. on casual positions to try and get them through just so that they can continue doing the work that they love. Do you think that's why it's been overlooked by the government? Is that one of the reasons that they kind of go, well, that's an industry that – is very profitable and surely they're going to be fine. I, I wonder why that is. I just, I can't understand why yeah. oh, the government overlook it. It's baffling, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's really, and I mean, I think, God, I've, you know, lost a lot of sleep going, hang on a second. Like how have they overlooked such a huge, and I mean, I don't have the figures in front of me, but like it's however many billions of dollars the entertainment industry contributes to the economy every year. Um, and, and looking at the aviation industry and how much that contributes, you know, and, and it's, it's horrible to, you know, to compare apples and oranges and that sort of thing. But I do think it ultimately, and there's, and there's all of that stuff that's sort of going around as well about how artists are always the first people to step up and help out. So like the bushfire benefit thing, you know, no one was being paid any money to do that, but everyone put on that concert and, um, that was organized by Celeste Barber. And I mean, friends of mine, um, organized a cabaret night, um, and they'd never produced a, a show before, but they went, well, God, what can we do? Well, we can perform. Okay. Well, let's just put on something, I guess. And they, they did it and no one made any money and it was, it's pulling favors and, and that sort of thing. And a, a lot of my friends are kind of going, do we just stop making art for a while until we get noticed? Is that how we do this? And I think that there's some value in that, you know, what, yeah. what do we have to do to, to be noticed? And, you know, it's, maybe that is a, a possible solution. I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, why the government have looked over the arts is, is baffling. I mean, but look at what they did before Corona hit, you know, we were rolled into the roads, maritime and transport. Yeah. I, I Which mean, was, that was crazy that when I saw that happen, I thought, what is oh, going on? You know, yeah. you, maybe, maybe they see it as a luxury industry. I don't know. Maybe they think you're lucky to, to work in, in that industry. I, I, I honestly cannot work it out, but you're right. If they did some sort of creative strike, I think they'd work it out mm. pretty quick that, you know, they need to yeah. get behind it. Especially right now yeah. because everybody's at home and they're binging on Netflix and mm. they're reading books and they're listening to music and they're doing all of this stuff where if we didn't have any of the creative industry, what would people be doing for comfort right now? What would That's they exactly do? right. And and it's it's a scary thing. And and I think the the counter argument to should we stop making art until we're noticed, I think the counter argument to that is you just leave a hole in the market for somebody else. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's for, um, you know, American content, content from the UK content from wherever else to, to, to fill that spot. And I think that the sad reality of, of our 
of our industry is, is we, you know, we're very lucky to have those quotas of, of Australian content on free to air pay TV streaming services. But I was just reading an article in the, um, I think it was the Sydney morning Herald about how they've kind of just put a halt on those quotas for the time being, because we're unable to make content and we don't make as much content because we're unable to than, than the U S and the UK. So it's just where the, the, the streaming services and the, the television platforms are kind of being flooded with this influx of, of US and, and UK projects and, and Australia's kind of falling by the wayside a little bit there and it's not being mandated by any kind of regulatory thing. Um, but then it got all a little bit too fancy for my brain and I, I checked out there and I probably <laughs> scrolled Instagram for a while. But, it also, but it also but yeah. feels like the ultimate tragedy too because creative people want to create and if you yeah. just stop creating, I think you'd only, you know, it'd be a detriment to yourself because, you know, you just want to create. I mean, I work in radio and if I didn't get to get up and host a breakfast radio show every day, if I just went on a some sort of a strike, I think – it would be, it would hurt me more than it would hurt them, I feel. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because creative people just want to. That, that's exactly right. Do what they love. Yeah. And I mean, I I thought I set myself a little task to to start doing my my tax receipts because um, what else am I going to do? You are not the like, yeah, only cool. one who has said that this oh, week. I'll, I'll, <laughs> you are not the only one who has said well, you that. You tackled really? yours. Yeah, I tackled yeah. mine. Our last guest from last yes. week, um, she had done the same thing. So good time to do awesome. it. Awesome. And we need Same those tax, re- tax, re- tax return dollars too. That's all we need. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hell yeah. Um, and so <laughs> I, I started doing that and, and a big part of my, um, you know, the, the tax I get back is from theatre tickets and I was going through all of my tickets and I just got so overwhelmed with like I love the theatre and the theatre is my happy place and, uh, you know, I see four to five shows in, in a week on a, on a busy week and I, I love it so much. And, you know, if I'm feeling, you know, even on a weekend, if I'm feeling a bit sad or a bit like ho-hum, I'll be like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just go catch a matinee or something. Like I'll, I'll pop down to the theater and, and I just got really overwhelmed and I was just like, oh, because it's, there's so much about that feeling of going to the theater and it's just like, you it's it's the journey and getting there and maybe you're in a rush and then it's the waiting in the foyer and you've had a busy day but you're starving hungry so your theater dinner is pringles and a and a sparkling water or a glass of wine and then it's going oh i know that person's going on for that role tonight in in that musical i'm about to see so i wonder how they're feeling or um you know i'm so excited and you know i'm sure they're all like they've had a double show day and they're all probably stretching or um that person's been sick and i know they're going on i hope they're okay and And then, you know, that excitement of sitting there and waiting for the lights to go down and then watching the show. And it's, yeah, I just got really overwhelmed and it was like, well, that's enough tax for me today. (laughs) Took myself for a walk and um, listened to a lot of cast recordings. And yeah, like it, and it is, it's that feeling of just going like, oh God, like we're all just suffering. And it's, and it's sitting in that, like, it's not just like me as an audience member who wants to see theatre, it's, it's the ushers, it's the um, it's the, the crew, it's the, the, um, you know, the, the building staff, it's the, the musicians, it's the actors, it's the producers, it's the directors. It's, it's such an all encompassing industry that it's not just, um, and I think that that's where a lot of the publicity and a lot of the public's mind has gone is like, oh, well, you know, like, you know, the Hemsworth, they they make so much money. And it's like, Mm. yeah, but what about like the first AD on the last film that Chris Hemsworth did? Or what about like the gaffer on that film who was locally employed? Like, come on. Like there's, it's such a huge industry that people just don't know. Yeah. Sad. I I do. I I think 
the small silver lining in all of this um, is just seeing people kind of get together and, and really help each other during this time. And we're seeing lots of people get over, uh, get on Zoom and um, do teaching for free and all sorts of things. Um, but Daisy, you've you've set a little task um, for actors um, on your Instagram, and I, I I was blown away by it. I thought it was really really generous. So can you tell us what that yeah. was and and how it's been going so far? Yeah, um, so I was standing in line at Centrelink when I posted that. Um, so I was bored, and but I also was standing in this line at Centrelink, going, "Oh God, what? Are, what are the? What's the next week? What's the next month? What's the next three months? What's the next six months going to look like? Like, what am I going to do to keep busy? Because, um, you know, if there's one thing coronavirus has taught me, it's how much I identify myself with my job, which I think a lot of creatives do. Uh, and I was like, if I'm not working, I don't know who I am, which, you know, is something probably for therapy, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I just thought, and, and, you know, I'd also, um, at the time, a lot of my friends were being sent home from their shows and they were sort of saying the same thing. They're like, what the hell are we going to do? Like, how are we going to keep show fit? How are we going to keep the, the creative muscles flexed? And I was like, well, I guess you can do self tapes. And then I thought, oh, how am I going to stay sane? I guess I could just try and find some show reels. And I was like, oh, I, I, you know, show reels are show reels. And I, that's very easy for me to find, but what's something that I can do to help? Like, what can I possibly do to help? I'm, I'm a casting director. I can't give people jobs right now. So what can I do? And I was like, ah, like, I guess if people want to be flexing those muscles and doing self tapes and they want someone to give them feedback, then I could do that. So I made a little Instagram post, put a link in my bio, hashtag link in bio. And <laughs> I, I, I just popped, um, a collated sides over the years. Um, so I think there's like 200 or so sides in that link to a, it's a Dropbox link. And I, um, yeah, chucked the link in my bio and made a little post saying, if, if you want to do a self tape and you want some feedback, my emails, you know, do a tape, send me an email and I can give you some feedback. And it kind of went bonkers. Oh my gosh. Um, How I many think, have you got? I think I've watched, I think it's, it's, it's over a hundred. I think it's closer to 120. I kind of stopped counting after a hundred. Wow. Um, yeah. So that was really cool. It did get a little bit overwhelming at one point where I was, where, you know, one day, the first day I posted it about six people sent in a tape and I was like, Oh cute. Like that's a very manageable rate for me to do. Um, while also trying to juggle a few other things that I have up in the air at the moment as well. And, and staying on top of those things, um, and looking after myself because that's important. Um, it's very and important. The next day, yeah. The, the next day it was like eight and I was like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, no, it's not okay. I haven't gone viral. Great. That's manageable. And then the next day it was like 36 and I was wow. like, oh, oh, okay. That's a lot. And then the following day it was like 30 again. And then the day after that it was, yeah. And it just kept growing and growing and growing and growing. And, um, yeah. And then it, it kind of, you know, very much like Ms. Corona, it hit a peak and then it's kind of plateaued a little bit, which is lovely, but I'm still getting two or three a day, um, which is really manageable. Um, and, but it just, there was a moment when it was taking me like, you know, four days to get back to people, six days to get back to people just because of the influx and, and also the time it takes to like, cause I don't just like watch it and give feedback. There's so much that I kind of 
that is involved. It's, it's the watching the tape. It's the looking at their previous work or re-watching it and then watching it again to sort of like point out a particular phrase that I wanted to give or a moment that I wanted to give feedback on. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's been really cute and really lovely. Um, yeah. And I mean, it's, it's kept me busy and engaged and I, I guess, and you know, the feedback that I've had from actors who have responded to the feedback is, um, the, they, you know, they seem to be happy and it seemed to be something to keep them busy for a little bit. Did so, you regret you not, know, did you regret not charging for that? Deeply. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh man, even 50 bucks each, there's some good coin right there. Yeah. You know, that's could yeah, be a little, absolutely. like a little coaching kind of business right there. I was thinking, why'd you offer that up for free? You know, even. Because yeah, well, she's I the mean, nicest think, casting director yeah, in the Yeah, I know, but you know, got to pay them bills as well, you know. Yeah. I I mean, I, um, I, I also kind of went, well, no one's, no one's making any money right now. I'm not going to charge people for this. And I, I do offer coaching to people like private, um, like, like one-on-one coaching sessions and, and that sort of thing. Like that is something I do and it's something I charge for. But in terms of just here's like, here's a script, do your thing with it. I'm not going to tell you how to do it. I'm not going to give you any direction. I'm not going to give you any notes, like do your thing. I'll give you, you know, three to four points of feedback and, and that's you done. I, I mean, I'm just, I'm happy to help in any way I can. And if I can, you know, it's, it's really hard to, to ask people to, to give you money. Yeah. I mean, I find it really hard to, to, to charge people money. Um, you know, I, I helped to, I helped someone with a self tape, uh, one of my clients who I do a lot of, or who I did a lot of self tapes with back in the day. Um, and cause we've, we've shut our studios down. Um, she was taping from home and I just, it was really hard to, um, you know, she was like, Oh, you know, invoice me, like send, send me your invoice, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Oh, oh. Like, oh yeah. Okay. And I just haven't sent it yet. And it's just like, Oh just, yeah, it, it's, it's a little bit hard to, to charge. The good karma, actors, the know. good karma will come back. Karma. The good karma will come back your <sighs> way. Well, I mean, I'm just doing it for the love of it. Yes. You, know? you don't do yeah. it for the good karma. You do it for the love of it. <laughs> I think, I think we all do. It's, it's an amazing industry. Do you, do you think? Yeah out of all of this, do you think that there's going to be some changes in the industry? Do you think um, whether it be more self-taping or more classes over Zoom or more rehearsals over Zoom or that sort of thing, do you, do you see any kind of changes coming out of this? Yeah, um, I think in terms of classes and rehearsals, I think ultimately the people taking those classes um, as in paying money to be in the class, I think that they would much rather do it in person. But, um, a friend of mine's daughter back home in Dubbo, um, is a, is a dancer and she's been able to access all of these like Sydney based, um, you know, choreographers and dancers and dance schools through the zoom classes they've been doing because of coronavirus, which is something she would have had to have, you know, traveled for five hours to do one class a night or like stay in town for three nights to do, you know, maybe a class a day, a class a night for for three days and and that sort of thing. But she's been able to do that from like the privacy of her own home, you know, five or 600 ish kilometers away. And, and that is something like the, the remote access that it's kind of opened up to people, I think is, is really interesting for both the, the people that live far away as well as the people you know, putting on those classes. I think that's a great stream of revenue for them. It's a, it's great for accessibility. It's and an, an exposure and that sort of thing. Um, so I think that that's really great and exciting. And I hope that that's something people pay attention to and embrace. Um, Interesting in terms you say of that. self-taping. 
Oh, yeah, I was yeah. Gonna say, interesting. I mean, yeah, because I live on the central coast. It's about an hour from Sydney, um, and I find myself driving to you know three, four times a week for classes at night. Sometimes after work. Sometimes I have a really early morning. The mm-hmm. the morning afterwards. So it is nice to not have to do so much commuting to just to, to do a class from home. So I really I love that part of it, yeah. and I do hope it continues. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Like. And it's been so exciting to to chat to my friend's daughter, like, and she's in year twelve at the moment, and it's so up in the air for her that the classes she's been able to do are actually really inspiring her to kind of to, to kind of get through this weird situation. And and you know she's a she's an A grade student, and 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 that sort of thing. And I guess it's been I can't imagine what it'd be like to be in year twelve at the moment in the at the moment, but it's um yeah. So so that's that's been really great for her. And I think that that's just really interesting and it makes me happy because I've always been very passionate about, you know, people not from Sydney having access to the industry and in the, you know, the cities. Uh, So that's great. In terms of self-taping for projects and casting and that sort of thing, I think that it will, um, I think it's probably made a lot of actors realize how easy it is to do a self tape from home. Like there is, I've God, like it's, it's so funny. The conversations I've had with actors where, um, you know, they go, Oh, but I don't have a tripod and like, I don't have lighting and I don't have this or I don't have that. And now that they've been, there's no other option for them, but to do self tapes for things. I think actors have become a lot more resourceful. I think they've become a lot more focused and, focused, but also a lot more carefree in the approach to self-tapes. I think every actor of course is different, but, um, I can only speak for ones that I know, but a lot of them would be real sticklers for their self-tapes and it had to be absolutely perfect and word, you know, and, and there's so, I think everyone's kind of learning how easy it is to kind of just trust that your stuff is there and that it's a good tape and just to get it sent off. Um, and so, yeah, so, and it's also opened up a lot of dialogue for, between actors and also casting directors, I think like I know um, when we when we were still operating as an office, but we had shut our studios and were doing casting off self tapes. We were, I, I know a lot of other casting directors as well were kind of doing really detailed self tape sheets and um, allowing. I certainly was allowing actors to pick up the phone to me directly to chat about what the beats were in, in the takes and, and what we were focusing on and, and what the rhythm should be. And, and I think that it's kind of that in a way has opened up actors' minds a lot more to um, the self-tape slash casting process around self-tapes. Mm. Um, it's, it's not about the fact that, you know, your hair's perfectly done. It's actually about the fact that you can go one, two, comedic rhythm, moment like it, it it's actually about and I so I think that it's given actors like a nice little insight into what we do look for in a cell tape as opposed to the sort of very general glossy finished product that I think a lot of actors like to present it's actually not about that it's it's about the rhythm or the suitability or the direction, blah, blah, blah. I think it's great with self-tapes that you can actually watch back your work. We Quite often mm. you go to an audition, you think you did okay or you might think you did terribly, um, but you can't watch it back to to kind of learn from it. So I think with self-tapes you can I mean, you can get into that habit of, of maybe doing too many and, and overcomplicating it, um, but I think mm-hmm. if you just – Amen. Yeah, if you just treat it like an audition, get in there, maybe do two takes um, – 
different, maybe have a have a um, different objective each time um, and see how it turns out and actually watch how, how you come across on camera. Am I believing that? Is does it look strange if I if I where my eyeline is that sort of thing? I think it, that's the great thing about self tapes. Um, but with me this week, I, I've I've actually gone out and got all my self tape equipment, like you were talking about, because quite often I was driving to the studio and getting them shot professionally. Um, but I think I have stopped overcomplicating things by just doing them as an exercise. So I've just been giving myself um, a little task each week and then just putting down a tape, whether it might not be the most amazing work, but at least it's keeping up my line learning skills and um, my script analysis and just being on camera and not Fantastic. feeling strange about it. So I think that Yay. I think that's a great thing for, for actors to do right during this time. What else are we supposed to be doing? Well, I mean, again, like touching on that, those, all of those memes and posts that are going around on social media being like, you know, you should be doing this and you should be doing that. Learning a language. Yeah. Learn (laughs) a language, create art, paint a picture, like write a Shakespeare, like, you know, when Shakespeare was in the plague, he wrote whatever play it was. And it's like, yeah, but he was also Shakespeare who was a writer who had written like a huge body of work before that. So let's (laughs) not get too crazy. That has come up in this Um, podcast already. Someone else mentioned that in this podcast. Has it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, I keep seeing it and it kind of infuriates me because it's like, I feel like that's something my, my mother would see who my mum doesn't really, doesn't know anything about this industry that we work in. Um, and she, you know, she's, she's that kind of target demographic for, um, you know, the, the, the same actors that you see on primetime television, she's the reason those actors keep getting jobs because she just loves them. And they're the only actors in the world, in her opinion. Um, sorry, mum, <laughs> but it's true. Uh, and you know, it's the kind of post my mother would seem to be like, well, Daisy, why haven't you written a play? You know, Shakespeare did this. And it's like, well, mum, I'm not a writer and I'm also not Shakespeare. So that's why. Um, so what, what can actors, what can actors be doing? They can be treating themselves kindly and knowing that they are enough. They can be, um, yeah, just putting down self tapes, I think is, is a really, just like you were saying, Jamie, like, you know, it's, it's your line learning skills. It's your script analysis. It's your character analysis. It's, um, like I, even I have gone through and reread Larry Moss's, I'm such a Larry Moss fan. Um, but I've gone through and I'm in the middle of rereading his book for, I think like the fifth time now, it's just so good. Um, so there you go, actors, if there's one thing you're going to do in ISO, read Larry Moss's book. Um, yeah, man, just doing self tapes is great. Um, I mean, watching a lot of stuff, I'm rereading a bunch of plays that I haven't read in a really long time. Um, just, but it's also like, I'm one of those people who I like reading, but I don't love reading. I get really bored and antsy when I read. So it's taken me, I mean, since I kind of had been, um, you know, since I've been working from home, I've tried to do, um, 15 to 20 minutes of reading a day and then I'm happy. That's how I do it. Yeah. Yeah, That's exactly how I set myself a little goal. It doesn't, it's not too big, just a little one. Totally. And, yeah. and I'm, I'm really big on goals. Like every morning I write a little to-do list um, and I put at least five things on there. And if I do one, I can go to sleep really easily. Um, and if I can do all five, then that's a great day, but I don't, it's, it's just something to kind of hold myself accountable for. So I do get out of bed because I also just love laying in bed and watching reruns of RuPaul's Drag Race. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> I think you're not the only one. <laughs> 
I definitely had yeah, a day like that know? yesterday, yeah. If only we could yes, get paid for that. I mean, that. I know there's Gogglebox on TV, but if I could get paid for chilling on yeah, the couch, yeah. oh, man, I'm good at yes. it. I'd be a millionaire. I'm really. You know, like ISO, ISO <laughs> yeah. box or yes. something like that. Let's. What I'm hearing is we're starting a series. Good. ISO box. Um, I love it. <laughs> ISO box. Yeah. Oh, there we go. But, um, Entrepreneurs. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, it's it's a weird way to answer your question, but what can actors be? What else can actors be doing? I mean, whatever's going to get them through this weird period, I guess. Like, I mean, there are again, like a lot of my friends are actors, and and part of me, you know, some of them have have been doing self tapes, but then um, some of them have asked me the same question, like, what can I be doing? And it's just like, well, God, like you, you, you can, like, there are a lot of things you can be doing to, to kind of come out stronger on the other side of this. You can upskill, you can brush up on your Shakespeare, you can brush, sorry to mention Shakespeare again. <laughs> He's getting a good um, run. Can, I know. <laughs> well, little, little geez, crush. Be, <laughs> yeah. Love that guy. Um, <laughs> But you know, like there's, you can upskill, you can brush up on your old skills, you can stay fit, you can um, look at your showcast or casting networks profiles and maybe um, edit your CV on there or edit your skills, or you can um, consider getting new headshots. A fr- oh, let's do a shout out. A friend of mine, Kate Williams, Kate Williams Photography, um, she's doing this deal at the moment where um, sh- she's reduced her rate for headshot packages. And because you can take a photo from a safe social distance um, and you're walking around outside. It's, it's kind of cool to do that. Um, so, you know, you could look at getting new headshots. You can, yeah, do self tapes as we've touched up on. Um, there's, yeah, like there's, there's so many things actors can be doing, but it's just like, I don't want to be the person to tell actors what to do because ultimately like we're just all trying to get through this weird thing. So actors, if you're listening, you do you boo. Love it. It's also interesting it. to go back to how cheap a setup is these days for what you can get. I mean, we went out and bought a blue screen and a face ring light nice. under $200. Yeah, it was it, – that's great. Yeah, yeah, you just get it online. You, you search Google online and then there, there was a blue screen for about 80 bucks, and it's a really decent blue screen and then the yeah. ring light was yeah, I, I around about the same, I think. Not much. It wasn't much at all and it looks really, really good. And it's a proper setup. Yeah. I think people you. think I think people Sweet. think it's like this big thing that's going to cost a lot of money but you can get a very yeah. decent setup. I mean, it's setup. a tax write-off as well. Yeah. That's right. And and if you don't have a reader at home, I've been Zooming people. Yeah. So I just get somebody to read mm-hmm. over Zoom and that's that's my way of getting around the social distancing thing. So I mean, it, it is Fantastic. possible. Yeah, yeah. One thing I wanted to ask before we wrap up, because Jamie and I have had this discussion yeah. before about casting directors <laughs> and people just discovering people on the streets. You and I, we've spoken about that, oh, yeah. haven't we? All the time. Yeah. We talk about Does, it all the time. Is this something that still happens? Because we've, we had Daniel McPherson yeah. on and uh, the story goes that he was just discovered at some yeah, triathlon he, or he something. Was, he was playing sport. And, yeah. yeah. And what was the other one? The, um, from uh, Brooke, Such, oh, Brooke Satchwell. Right. She, uh, apparently she was um, in a shop and the neighbours casting director happened to walk in and discovered her. And this is, this is going back um Quite a few years now, so it's not not the. But who's your favourite actor? The one that from from oh, Adelaide, Teresa Palmer. Teresa Palmer was just working in some she shop. She was working at Cotton On. Yeah, and you know, got scouted by a director and ended up uh, winning Cannes Film Festival. So my so, question: Does this still happen? Do you just go about you your day? Do you just walk around and go, "That person looks like they're going to be in my next play or whatever it is you're casting for"? Does that still happen these days? Yeah, totally. I mean, from, from both, from, from both sides of the thing, like I have done a lot of street casting in my time where, 
Um, I've needed uh, just like like a treaty for something, and that treaty has gone on to become like the face of Holden's. God, what year was that? I don't remember what year it was, but he was like the face of a Holden campaign, and they loved him so much that he um, they gave him a Holden like this this Holden youth. They just gave him like as well as a lot of money. Um, They just at the end of it, they were like, "Hey, mate, do you you just want to keep the car?" He was like, oh, yeah, right. I was thinking it was a joke. And they're like, yeah, great. Like, just sign here and here. It's yours. And they were, and he was like, oh, wait, are you serious? And he just had this purse. But it was this thing where um, I saw this, I saw his Instagram. Um, I followed him on Instagram because I'm a sucker for landscape design and that's what he did. Um, saw his Instagram was like, oh, cool, cool, cool. Saw him on a story and was like, actually, he'd be really good for that, that like very generic real person project that I'm casting. I wonder if he'd be interested. Send him it like slid into his DMs, got him in for the casting next minute, got the gig. Um, but it also happens from, um, you know, I cast a musical last year. Oh, was that last year? I think it was last year. Whenever it was, I cast a musical. It's all blending into uh, one now. It really is. <laughs> we don't know what date <laughs> yeah, is anymore. Really is. No idea. I feel like it's 2025. Yeah. No <laughs> Uh, but I cast a musical, uh, called the dismissal. Um, and we were just looking for real character actors. And I got sent an email with, um, a girl self tape who I'd never seen before. And I hadn't heard of her and I knew she'd graduated from, um, a certain school. And I started watching her self tape. And after 30 seconds, I called the director and I said, I'm going to send you something in a minute, but this girl's going, I haven't finished watching her self tape, but this girl's going to be in the show. And I don't know what role she's going to have, but she's going to be in the show. Um, and then he, I sent him the tape and I hadn't even finished watching the full tape and I only got better after that. Um, and she was in the show, um, just from a self tape. Is it a feeling? What is it? What do you get? Like, but the second you, you just see someone, you go, that's it. It's my favorite feeling in the world. Um, it's, it's kind of like this thing where it's like, oh my God, I have to act on this now because someone else is, I don't know what to compare it to. Actually, it's really hard to explain, but it's like, um, maybe it's like finding a baby bird on the side of the road and you go, oh shit. Like it's a little baby bird. I've got to, I've got to help it. I've got to, I've got to look after this thing. I'm going to be your mother now, but how do I help you? Like, where do I get you to little baby bird? Like we're going to make sure you survive. But it, but it's also that it, there's like this weird kind of time pressure where you're like, I got to, I got to get you looked after right now because otherwise a bigger bird might come and steal you away or a dog might eat you or you might just die. Um, which I think in a really similar way is probably the same with actors. It's a very accurate metaphor, I think. But, um, but that's, that's what it feels like. It's like this thing of like, it's really exciting. And like my adrenaline goes crazy. It feels like, um, Oh, it's, it's like, maybe it's like when you know you've got someone the perfect Christmas present and you're waiting for them to open it. And it's like, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God. You just it's know like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, there's a bit of that. Like that was my feeling when I sent it to the director of this show I was working on. I was like, Oh my God, he's going to die. He's going to love this. But there was also a thing when I was watching it, just going, wait, seriously. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like this is it. Like, Oh my God. Oh my God. And it's, it's, it's really, um, yeah, your adrenaline just starts going and you get really tingly and it's, it's, it's my favorite feeling in the world. And it's, and it's also a, there's also a really nice aspect knowing that you're giving someone their kind of um, first job really like out of 
out of university and that sort of thing. Like it's really, um, it's very different to sort of discovering somebody and, and, and having them being like, Oh yeah, like I can, I can be the face of an internationally recognized brand. Actually. Yeah. Right, right, cool. Yeah. But knowing that someone has spent like the majority of their life wishing, hoping, dreaming, praying for a, a gig and, and being able to kind of go, here's your deal memo. Like that's, that's really lovely as well. That's probably my favorite thing about casting is, is, you know, that, that the, the time between, cause my, my process finishes basically when the deal memo is assigned, I go, cool, here's the deal memo. Off you go, go do your job. Bye. And then especially with theater, like on the other side of that, like going to, I sometimes go to rehearsals and that's really lovely. But if I just go to the the first preview or the opening night, like there's something that's, it's such a full circle moment of going, wow, like remember that cell tape you did? And I like nearly cried because I was so excited. And now you're up there and everyone is like loving you sick. And in the foyer, you are the person that everyone's talking about. Like that, that's really lovely as well. That's probably my, my favorite thing about my job. And I guess there'd be actors listening to this going, how do I get a casting director to feel that? But it's not something that you can man- manufacture, is it? It's not something that you can, no. there's, there's nothing you can work on or do. It's just, you just got to do your best work and hopefully you, you know, someone like yourself gets that feeling, I guess. There's nothing you can do to work on that. Totally. Yeah. But, but you know what the thing was about that girl in questions? And I I feel like there are people listening to this who'll be like, I know who she's talking about, but I shan't name names. If you know, you know. Um, (laughs) But the thing with that self-tape that made it so special and, and other self-tapes I've seen that are so special is the person that we see in the self-tape is the exact same person we get to meet on whether it's the final callback or the, the kind of um, like the first time we meet them, or it's the person that we end up casting in the show. Like it's just this thing where they're so inherently themselves that themselves are such an interesting character. Like, and it's, and you know, I think I've been doing this long enough now that I can smell bullshit a mile away. I mean, I could do that probably after the first year of working in casting, but <laughs> now I'm old and haggard. Um, it's, it's really, um, you know, we can tell when people are making a bold choice for the sake of making a bold choice, as opposed to like, I'm a creative and I'm just going to throw this against the wall and hope that someone likes it. Like it's, it's really, it's just about going for lack of a better phrase, just go balls to the wall as yourself. That's don't hold back in terms of your personality. We don't want to see you. Um, I mean, anyone who's watching RuPaul's Drag Race at the moment, like don't be a jam. Mm. Um, sorry, Jan from RuPaul's Drag Race, but don't, <laughs> don't, don't heighten yourself to this point where we kind of go, Oh God, stop. Yeah. yeah. Just be like, be, be so inherently yourself that we want to meet you because everyone is interesting, you know? And I think especially as actors, people are t- told to, to, to be a certain way on screen. They're told to be a certain way. Um, when you're talking to an agent or a casting director or a director, you have to sort of there's like this veil of, of there's this performance of yourself as opposed to just being like, yeah, mate, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. I think it just goes, is is key. Goes back to just casting directors and and agents and managers. Everyone's human. So you need to appeal Hmm. to the, to the human side of, of people, not, not necessarily the casting director in, in that. You just got to be genuine. That's exactly right. Come in. Hello. How's your day? Like, it's, it's not that hard to just take an interest in people and, and ask, you know, how is your day? Be polite and, and have fun with the audition. Mm-hmm. Amen. That, and that's something that um, a lot of, 
a lot of workshops I do. Well, did now in the time of Rona, but um, <laughs> I have done a few of them. Yes, I have. Done <laughs> I love them. Yeah. But, but it, it is it is a thing that people ask is like, how do I stand out in the room, and and what's something that's going to get casting directors to notice me? And and honestly, the thing that I say every single time is, it can be something, someone just saying. Um, because I, you do when when you're running studio and you've been in there all day, you do run on a bit of autopilot in terms of, hey, come on in the room, great, um, you know, put your stuff down over there. I'll get you to hold on to this one. Quick little photo, three, two, cheese, great, done, great. Let's just do a quick idea, and it becomes this really kind of. But the thing that breaks up the conversation is, um, how are you going? Just put your stuff over there. And the song goes, yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? How's your day been? And that literally will stop me in my tracks, and that will happen if I do a full day of casting and I see, say. 75 people in the day. That's, that's a pretty, pretty full, but like pretty manageable day for me. If I see 75 people in a day, I would be lucky to get, I'd be, I would not get 10 people in the day that would say, yeah, yeah, good. How are you truly like, and, and it's, and it's stuff like that where I go like, oh, and over time that just builds up into this thing where you can have a conversation with those actors and, even to the point where I'll see someone submitted for something and I go, Oh, that person, love them. They're nice. And, and it's, and and it's always a pleasure to have them in the room and that counts for so much. And it's just like, I'm sure that there are, you know, we also look at headshots and go, that person is the person I have in mind. Great. We also go, Oh, that person's lovely. And that person's great at what they do. And they're so great to have in the room. I'm just going to get them in because, and and they're being submitted because they are suitable. Like, it's not like I'm getting them in because I like them as a person or I just want to have a chat. Um, but it's because they're suitable, but like, they're so definitely going to come in because over time and, you know, like I've, I've, I've met people as actors when I first started out as, as a casting, like a casting assistant a thousand and seven years ago. And I now will like go out to dinner with them or go see a show with them. And that sort of thing, just because, you know, you build up that rapport with them and you kind of go, hang on a second, we've actually got a lot in common and you're cool. And I mean, I'm pretty cool. So like, why don't we go see a show together? And, and, and that sort of thing. And yeah. why not? It'd be rude not to. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. And like, truly that is the thing that makes people stand out is just being friendly and being genuine and being themselves. That's my sermon on the mount on that. Do you think it's the nerve of some people though? Like they 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 want this thing so bad and they've prepared for it so hard. And do you think the yeah. nerves get the better of people sometimes? Yeah, yeah, totally. And and the thing, and it, it might be a little bit harsh, but the thing that I say to people when they're like, yeah, you know, I just get really nervous and I get so focused. And I just, you know, I really want the job. It's like, babe, we all want the job. Yeah. Like, mm we all want the job because this commercial is going to pay you $10,000 or we want this job because it's, it's a channel nine drama or we want this job because we haven't had a gig in the while and we just really love acting. Like it's, we all want the job. No one is going into those auditions because they don't, you know, like find, find me a rich actor, especially in these days. But, but the reason we do this is because we love it. The reason we do this is because we want to do it. So it's just like trust that, Everyone is there for a reason. And, and I, another thing I sort of preach in my workshops is if you are in the room, you have nothing to be worried about because you are there for a reason. Like there are so many, um, you know, if I put out a sort of 
for for a commercial, for example, if I put out, you know, like female, nice looks, 20 to 27, I will genuinely have over 400 submissions on that role alone. And I'll only need, I only need to see like, I'll ask for 18 knowing that I'll have a couple of dropouts or people that are unavailable and I'll get 15 and that is more than enough. So if you are going into the room and and that's very similar for for drama as well, like TV drama, um, film, that sort of thing. Like it is the exact same thing. If you are going into the room, you are there because someone, the casting director has decided that you are right in some way, shape or form. And you just need to trust that and, be ready it's it's a collaboration at the yeah. end of the day like it's it really is it's like hey I've got some answers and I've got like the cheat sheet on how you can get this job let's have a chat let's talk let's listen like and it's not just like you listen to me it's like I'm gonna listen to you because like I want you to get this job so I can stop casting and I can go home yeah. early no one's there you to know? waste their like, time are they they're not sitting there going Fuck, that's exactly I'm, right I hope this person bombs and we can all have a laugh like they're there to just that's, yeah, 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 that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. And and I really, and I learned really early on that like as a, as a casting director in studio, like you can't slack off because you will have a director that'll be like, Oh, I, that person looks really good. Or like, I've seen that person's work before, but they were just kind of shitty in studio. What happened? And I'm, I'm a pretty honest person. Like, I'm going to be like, do you know what? I was just really hungover and I actually didn't really give a shit. Mm. Like I am there to make sure that I am because yeah, like who wants to just keep like slogging their guts out on something? Like I want to get, I'm a perfectionist as well. So I think that that probably lends a lot to that, but um, (laughs) you know, it's, it's, I, the thing that, you know, you're going into the room because the casting director is really hoping that you're the right person for the job so they can send their invoice and go, I don't know, buy Job's some done. nuggets or something. Yeah. I don't know what casting directors do with their money. That's what I do with mine. Buy nuggets. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Daisy, thank you so much for today. You've just been wonderful. So, so helpful. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. What just, a cute little chat. I know. I know. We've got our little studio set up here. We've got our dog on the <laughs> floor. Know, it's just I it's all very it. relaxed. And, yeah, I could sit here and, and talk acting all day with you. Um, but uh, I know Ditto. that. Yeah. Because what else do we have? to do well exactly but (laughs) you've just discovered your other inbox on instagram yeah you you told me the other day so oh my god (laughs) yes and there was stuff from months ago like there was one from over a year ago and i was mortified um because i'm such a stickler for making sure that i don't like even knowing that i've missed a text message from someone like it gives me this weird anxiety and like seeing all of those messages in that other inbox, I was literally like, like gagging. Oh, no. I'm not sure if you yeah. know, but Facebook also has it. Um, I discovered the other oh, inbox. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, get on the Facebook that. one. When That's I there dis- too. When I discovered yeah. that, I had years yeah. <laughs> worth of messages. Like five oh, years. God. Yeah, something Look, like that. if I take anything out of this chat, Daisy, is check your stocks every morning. That's what I've taken from this chat. <laughs> Yeah, and red is bad and green is good. And And that is, that's all I can bloody teach you, mate. Like red, red, Uh, bad, green, good. Stocks are numbers on a screen. Like that's all I know. Oh, I love a bit of stock chat. Thanks for jumping on our podcast. (laughs) Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, guys. Cheers. Cheers.